It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The final Furlong podcast is sponsored by Unibet. Sign up now using code ATR-30 to get your welcome offer. BeGambleAware.org, 18 plus. The final Furlong podcast is brought to you in association with AtTheRaces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans. Welcome along to the final Furlong podcast. We have been building up this podcast for so, so long, and I am delighted that we're finally getting to record it. Yes, we've been getting your requests on Twitter, your direct messages on Facebook. Some of you that actually somehow managed to blag our numbers. We've got that too. We've responded to the letters. It's time for Tony Keenan's return and for the final Furlong podcast special preview of Champions Day at Ascot. Oh, here it comes. Cracksman's oh, yes. back in action. Over a mile, we're going to see um, Roaring Lion dropped in oh. distance. Capri's <laughs> back in action as well. Oh, I can't wait, lads. <laughs> Do you know, in a year's time, um, I will be very excited. And in about an hour and a half, I'll be very excited as well when we have Rory on the show. But for the amount of Final Furlong podcast listeners who downloaded this show specifically to hear us finally talk about the jumps, that probably might have broken you just a tiny we, little We've bit. lost half of them already. <laughs> They're gone. It's the loyal ones who stuck by <laughs> us. Who knew? Well, we got the downloads, lads. If you downloaded it, we win. We get the numbers. Yeah, exactly, yeah. All about the downloads. Yeah, don't care. <laughs> Number five, Apple Podcasts, UK. Happy days. Uh, I'm Mehmet Kennedy alongside At The Races Pundit, Mr. Kevin Blake. Hello. My good friend who has been out and about doing exclusive stable tours for At The Races. And At The Races have their jump site up and running now. And there's some great content in there, including from Kevin with an exclusive stable tour with Willie Mullins and an exclusive stable tour with his arch rival and nemesis, Gordon Elliott. So you can read... And Jessica but- Harrington and Henry de Bromhead and Joseph O'Brien. And them too. Them other ones that every now and again can be important. But really it's about Willie and Gordon. But you know, Excellent stuff from Jessica, um, from Joseph and from Henry as well. And of course, Kevin will be on the road to get more interviews and more stable tours done over the coming month. Also with additional content to attheraces.com. And I had to get on to Mike and Matthew at the site about this because there's been a lot of talk about his photograph. Turns out it's not actually his official At The Races photograph. It's actually his mugshot. And they just put the (laughs) At The Races stuff in the background to try and make it look somewhat okay. That's why he's so menacing. Tony Keenan, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Emmett. Yeah, um, 
a, a Palamanian worker who's a re, who, who fancies himself as a real photographer. So we were, we were actually, uh, as some fella pointed out, that photograph from a while back. But from a while back, anyway, he said to me, I just asked him one day, would you mind taking a picture of me, uh, a headshot? And I said, no problem. So we went in anyway, and he says, um, oh, stand off to the side there, he says. That looks, it looks way better. He says, don't be doing it like your passport photo. Um, well, I've since, I've since told that lad he's a bollocks. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so. Is there anything worse than these boys that go out and they buy a Nikon camera and they think they're the fucking bee's knees going around with their big cameras thinking they know what they're doing? Unbelievable. But, but, but hold on, hold on, lads. Like, I, I, we're, we're sort of burying the lead a small bit here now. Um, I was down at Punchestown yesterday. Lovely day. Few there. Good, good racing. Strange day yesterday, though. Willie Mullins, only two runners on the car, despite it being graded, but you're lucky he's winning over and back. I thought that was a bit strange. Then we got very strange news about Den Ryle, and, and hopefully oh. that seems to have rated itself today. But strangest of all, my God, next thing pops up Kennedy's head. He's an already <laughs> talking about fucking legalising marijuana and work emails. Like, Jesus Christ, it's going from the bizarre to the ridiculous. What's going on, like? <laughs> Um, yeah, the you uh, need, the, you needn't think you were getting away with that one. <laughs> <laughs> the today talking show about when women talking about when women should have babies, Kennedy at 20, <laughs> obviously, at, at uh, a childbearing age, should be getting down to it. I actually said that on the show and then looked Jeez. at the camera and said, I am being sarcastic, it's not a man's place to tell a woman what to do with her body, have a child whenever you want. <sighs> Um, yeah, it's the Today Show on RTE with um, Dahi O'Shea and Maura, and uh, really enjoyed it. And uh, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> and I'll be on again. Because, as Kevin Blake knows, if, if there's something that you would like me to talk, to talk about, I will talk about it as long as you will pay me. If you want me to have an opinion, then I'll have that opinion as long as there's cash involved. Uh, Otherwise, th- nah. The biggest sellout of all time. <laughs> I never denied it. I never once said I wasn't. Um, but yeah, make sure you watch the Today Show, RTE, half past three to half past five, RTE one, but only when I'm on it. <laughs> oh, man. These poor listeners have tuned in to a jump special. I didn't even start this. For weeks and weeks. I, I didn't start this. We're gibbering on about nothing. Yeah, you two are. Tony's talking to somebody in the background there as well, by the way. And here's the thing. Here's the other thing, right? You might think that the reason Tony Keenan hasn't been on the show for a while is because he's now a father, a first-time father. Congratulations, Tony. We're very, very proud of you. Well done. You know, all in working order. That's great. And the baby is healthy. Everything's fine. He's going back to work. You know, work's a very busy time as well. That's not the issue. That has not been what's preventing Tony Keenan from being here or him writing his bet for a column on Sundays. No, 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 no. That hasn't been the problem at all. The problem has been the exchange rate in diesel laundering fuel and also (laughs) protecting his assets. So as we move closer and closer to Brexit and as the budgets have been released in (laughs) Ireland and in the UK, the price of diesel has skyrocketed. So now is the best time to call Tony Keenan to get your laundered diesel at cut down (laughs) prices. Yeehaw! (laughs) And he's just here to advertise that really. Imagine the face. Imagine the face Keenan is making right now. Just imagine, uh, picture, picture that headshot. Let, 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 got it about I right think. I, I think. Yeah, you can just make it. 
take the photo from at the races. That's it. Lads, we've literally spent six minutes and 40 seconds talking about the Today Show on RTE. Um, uh, the little bit of the crisis at Down Royal, which um, I'm actually not aware of the fact that that may very well have been fixed. Has it been fixed, Tony? Well, I think there was a little bit better news t- t- today. Um, I think the owner of the, the Marion Group had put out something to reassure. It, it, it wouldn't be straightforward now. It, it seems to be quite a tangled web, and I wouldn't feel fully qualified now to um, to comment on it. But, but they have some they have some good meetings up there, and um, be God, they know how to punt, I'll tell you. I, I only have yeah. really make it now. The Ultra Derby or the, the Jane Wines Day, and massive crowds, and they love punting. Um, Really exciting place to go for a day's race. And, um, now, <laughs> there'd be a few sore heads leaving it at, at half past four. Uh, <laughs> getting out can be a challenge, but um, yeah, yeah. Obviously, we, no one wants to see racing go from there. No, no way. And and you've just mentioned the uh, the J and Wine, which has been an iconic race, helped in no part, in no small part, by Cotter Star. And Kevin, you've spent uh, a number of years heading up to that meeting as well. It'll be dreadful if this meeting is is gone. If the, if this if this racetrack is gone. Yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. There, there's a desire there to continue racing. They'll work it out. Um, you'd feel sorry for the, the existing management team because they've done such a good job uh, with the place there in the last kind of 15, 20 years. They've turned it inside out. It's a wonderful place to go racing. Um, without a hint of exaggeration, one of the best run racetracks in the country. Yeah. And um, I, I just feel sorry for them. But I think in, in the larger scheme of things, uh, I strongly suspect that the racing will continue there. And if we, if we could find a situation where the, the, the owner could um, allow the, the current management staff, we'll say, to stay on, that would be ideal. But yeah. I suppose that, that'll probably be hard to pull off. Well, hopefully it all um, works out well in the end anyway. Uh, let's get to talking about jumpers, shall we? Um, Kevin, you've been doing stable tours. Tony, you've written um, an interesting horses column for, for ATR as well, which I alluded to. You tried... Well, you said on Twitter you were trying your best to stay away from Willie Mullins and Gordon Elliott horses, but you can't really avoid Good doing luck. that. Go to look with that project. Um, Kev, what was the most notable thing that came out of the stable tours for you from the big two yards? Oh, you've caught me on the hop there. Who would <laughs> you've, just asked me for, you've just asked me for a nap out of five stable tours. No, I said, what was the most notable thing? Is there, uh, is there a horse that has suddenly really improved over the summer? Is there a horse that Willie or Gordon were less enthused about discussing? What's... Um, uh, look, uh, at this stage, you know, the most, probably the most interesting stuff that comes out of stable tours at this time of year is the steers you get with regard to what's going chasing, what's staying hurdling. Um, what you know in the case of some of the hurdlers, what target they might be aimed at, um, and I'm prob- I suppose what one that's just flashing to the forefront of my mind would be Lorena being campaigned as a champion hurdle mare. And mm. um, I thought that oh, I was personally delighted with that. I think that's the right way to go with her, and um, it's very interesting. You know, the the champion hurdle pitcher is fairly wide open at the minute. I think, in my opinion, and having her thrown her into the mix will make it very interesting. So there obviously would have been some semblance of pressure to go down the the mayor's hurdle route, but you were pretty dismissive of that in, in the first place, um, Kevin. And and Tony, you weren't that keen on the idea of going chasing with her either. You were quite keen from from memory of of going for the champion hurdle yes. as well. Well, here we go. They're going to do it. No massive opinion on her. Um, where she went, to be quite honest. Um, interesting crowd of owners there. Uh, Sullivan Bloodstock and that. They, they've only come into Willie's in really effectively last season. Yeah. I tell you, they went 
they weren't long building up now to have an, a, a fairly strong portfolio of horses um, with them. And also, interestingly, like all the horses they brought in, you know, they're, they're really working from the ground up. It, it was bumper horses, a few bumper horses, um, and quite a few juvenile hoarders and quite a few um, novice hoarders. Now, obviously, she she would be the, the, the pick of them. There's other good ones there, I suppose, like um, Duke de Ginevra and a couple of the juveniles there as well. Um, so they, they were an interesting get, I suppose, for Willie in, in terms of trainers' championships and one thing and another. Um, and I think like, when you're talking about horses, I love Willie at this start, stage of the year, just thinking about how the season is going to unfold. And like, like Willie was there, he had a, he had a horse in the, in the bumper yesterday, uh, Golazo. And uh, to me, that was just a totally new syndicate of, of owners. And that he seems to be able to get the get the, the new syndicates, maybe the small owners that have the one horse or the the three horses or whatever in the door. Now, I know Sullivan's are bigger than that. That's just an interesting dynamic that, that Gordon is is largely Michael O'Leary, whereas Willie has the, this more diverse portfolio of owners, shall we say. Yeah. And, well, well you, you did a very interesting piece in that last year, Tony, and it, it's I, you can only imagine it was a direct response to the impact that losing O'Leary had on Willie Mullins. I think while he recovered in quite sensational fashion really I'm pretty certain he 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 equaled or he had his best ever tally of prize money I think that that season you know having lost whatever it was 50, 40, 50 horses I think it just made him aware of the dangers of having too many eggs in one basket mm, and yeah. he's made a conscious effort to to spread it around a bit now and he he's in a very secure position you'd have to say now given the the, the spread of his owners whereas like you say if if um if if in some mad situation Gordon Elliott fell out with Michael O'Leary tomorrow, Gordon Elliott's life changes in a big big way overnight. Mm. Um, highly unlikely, obviously, but you do never know in uh, in life and in racing. Yeah, well, let's talk about the champion hurdle picture. So, um, Lorena is reasonably short enough for it. Actually, we still don't know. Does anybody know about Sam Crow yet? I I have a, I have a few thoughts on Sam Crow. Just um. I think they're doing the right thing if they're going to go the champion hurdle route with this horse. Really? Um, I, yes, absolutely. Um, uh, but I, I do think you need to have a, a sense of where that decision is taking you, um, which I'm sure they do. If you're going the champion hurdle route with this horse now, you are basically saying he's not going to be a Gold Cup horse. Um, because there, there, it doesn't happen, or it happens very rarely. I'm sure someone will be able to do examples where a horse down run goes from a champion hurdle to, to, to a gold cup um, horse. Gold cup horses tend to be horses that have ran over hurdles as a novice and gone straight chasing. Um, it, it, it rarely is, is anything other than that. Um, so they, they are looking at him and I, I would say they're making the decision. We think we have a top class hurdler here. They obviously do have a top class hurdler. He was sent off odds on at Punchestown last year. Take, taking on Mellon, who was narrowly beaten in the champion hurdle. So they, they know already that, you know, the market at least thinks that they've got a champion hurdle level of a horse. Um, Boover there has won two champion hurdles. I don't think anyone's going to say that he's an Istabrak or a, a, you know, a real 175 rated champion hurdle. He, he is beat, champion hurdle. He's definitely beatable. Mm. Um, so I'd say that... That's playing into the decision. I would also be of the view that Sam Crow is quite fast. Um, I would look at there are these freak horses that will be effective over every trip, um, and there's every chance he has won what he's done so far has been freakish. But um, 
Jeez, he, 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 he is absolutely bags of gear to my mind. Um, looking at him in Leperstown, Dublin Racing Festival last year, to me at Cheltenham, the most impressive part of his race was the, the cruising through it more so than the actual finishing effort. Um, so I think there may be a concern about him staying a Gold Cup trip in time. Um, I suppose what, what's happening with people is they're saying, oh, Gigginstown, all they're thinking about is Gold Cup and staying chases and all this type of stuff. Um, and that's fair enough, and they're, they're gearing, they're, they're, they're buying around that. But I suppose it's a little bit here, maybe a board in the hands worth two in the bush. We've, already, we've got a horse here that is really prospective champion hurdle in a fit in a sort of a cohort of horses that probably isn't that deep. Um, like Willie's come back again with Mellon, I think rightly so, that horse loved Cheltenham. Um, Boover there, I say, not an exacting standard. Lorena is coming out of Mayor's company, he's already touched single figures, but why would you not go for it? That would be my take on it. But I do think they're probably looking and saying, we have a decision to make here. Do we want a champion hurdle horse in the next six or seven months or do we want a gold cup horse in 18 months? And I'd say that's the dynamic that's going on. So I started that assessment of Sam Crow. Really? Uh, with the idea of him going for the champion hurdle. And actually, Tony's done a full 180 on me there. He's, he's convinced me as to this being the right route for him. Um, uh, don't, don't, be so, don't be so flaky in your opinions now. Stick to them. Come on. No, he's, no, no. He's the, he's the flakiest man of all time. No, no, no. I said, I didn't say I was going to back the horse for the champion hurdle. I said, there's a very valid case made by Tony as to why he will go for the champion hurdle. Uh, my Tony, money. A, a, a few weeks ago, Tony, Kennedy fancied wild guys for the, for the hour. And within five minutes, Rory had him place laying it instead. Could you imagine if I backed him after all Rory had said? And and thank God the man was right. By the way, he finished fourth. So he some firms, a stormer. He should have yeah, been third. He should have been third. And with some firms, I would have gotten paid. So Rory would have had the heavies been sent around to him. Anyway, Sam Crow, <laughs> is this a change in mindset from from Gigginstown because we have spent the entire summer with the debate going on about well is the horse going to go chasing or is he going to stay over hurdles or is Tony right that it's it's a case of that the majority of the team the, the, the knights of the round table that make these decisions have gone listen this horse has got a lot of speed champion hurdles a weak enough division it makes sense for us to go here and maybe one man in particular has had to be convinced um, no look I, if you were mine I'd go champion hurdle um, and I just, I get the strong impression that's what Gordon wants to do. And, um, yeah, it wouldn't shock me at all now. I think it would be a great road to go down. I think I could give you a number of cases in the last five or six years that I where I believe champion hurdles were left behind by connections mm. going over fences instead. Um, the champion hurdle division has been windy uh, for for a little while. It's been Bouverdere. I, and I could be wrong, but I strongly suspect history will look back on Boover Dare as being a horse that was very fortunate to win two substandard champion hurdles. Yeah. Um, and but in the in, in, during that whole period, there's been so many nice horses have gone chasing, chasing the dream, if you will, over fences rather than sticking to what they can do well. And uh, Sam Crow, like it's not so much like he doesn't, like it's not like he's an, an electric jumper of a hurdle. He's a He's a good without being a brilliant jumper of a hurdle. Um, but he's just got loads of talent. And it's, I think it's just the, the percentage call. Um, and I know I know Tony isn't keen of horses being given an extra season over hurdles if they're going to go chasing. Um, but if he's, if he's mine, I'd do that. And review the situation at the end of the season. We've seen you know two-season herders go on to be good chasers. There isn't heaps of them, but 
Um, I, I don't think that there's I don't think it, there's a great barrier to it if you have the right horse. And um, that's what I do. I keep him over hurdles, see where he ends up, and and make a decision next year. And look, we don't want to even, you know, we don't. And I, I'll be kicking myself in the shin for the next few months just to not get too long term with these national hunt horses. Yeah. He's fit. He's well. Run him. Don't think too far ahead. Do what you think is the right thing to do, and don't be thinking too far ahead because so many of these horses fall by the wayside um, over the course of time. I wonder did York Hill leave a champion hurdle behind him? As I look at him in the betting there at twenty five to one, you wouldn't back him if there was a zero oh. behind that. You, you know, oh, don't don't mention his name. Yeah. don't mention his we, name. We're, we're upset. We're 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 upset with York Hill. Oh, very much so. He's um, he's on the grudge list now, I'm afraid. But but Graham Wiley will be back on the show soon, and, and so he's so nice, he'll probably get him off the grudge list. Um, if Sam Cross... Also, also, the other most interesting thing going on there um, with Gigginstown, Gigginstown, I'm always mispronouncing that. Um, the story of the season, so Rachel Blackmore's story of the season so far oh. being made, isn't she? Well said. This is, like, how is this not massive mainstream media news you know like she's already i think broken the record of winner winners um be a female rider um in, in a season already am i right in saying that yeah i, I, think, I think you are broke, right i think you are yeah i think nina, nina has the record so i have in front of me here 39 um winners um in 2009 2010 i'm not sure if Rachel's over it she's about to go over it anyway if she hasn't already gone yeah. over it um like I was chatting to someone yesterday. Is, like, is there going to be a little bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy here, like that she actually could win the jockeys' championship? You know, um, she was a hundred to one, whatever however long ago. Now she's ten to one. I just have it up in front of me here. Um, she rode a Grade Three winner yesterday. She rode another graded winner at Tipperary. There, I think there's every chance she rides a, a Grade One winner. Um, you know, like what a what a story! Like people well, were laughing, la- laughing at her when she when she said she was going professional. You know, the crazy stuff. Um, but but it but is she, it is a phenomenal story. But I wonder if the reason why it isn't being talked about so much is because Rachel tends to keep quite a low profile. It's a funny one that because I I said this a couple of years ago. You know when she was cha- you know in the you know in the running to win champion condition, which she obviously did. Uh, like why aren't more people talking about her? And she like it's not that Rachel's shy in particular. You know, she mm. t- she speaks very well and she she's um, she has no problems on that front. But she just I think she's happy in her own skin, kind of letting her riding do the talking. But you look at the like the media attention, the likes of you know Lizzie Kelly and, and Bryony Frost get in the UK, and you know they they wouldn't lace Rachel's boots as riders with all due respect. Um, well, he, Rachel. He... Uh, she just doesn't get any sort of wild attention here at all, you know. And like you say, Tony, this is something that whatever about racing giving her attention, this is a story that really should be getting mainstream attention, and it's a story yeah. that fits very well. Um, it, you know, I don't want to say in the like, current climate, no, but you, you know what I mean. There's no other jockey like the, the, she rides for Gordon Elliott, Henry de Bromhead, and Willie Mullins. Yeah, this is insane. Like, Donnick O'Brien does that in the flat, but there's reasons for that. Do you know what I mean? Like, she's someone with no background in racing. She, she has to be there just purely on merit because um, everything about her background, like, regardless, she, 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 she hasn't got the, the, the family name. Racing, I'm, I'm sure, for many years has been inherently sexist and more than many other aspects of society. And um, here she is riding for all of the top. 
you know, and, and you think there'd be an adversarial relationship between Gordon and Willie and, and Henry, maybe in terms of jockeys and you know the top owners are, are like it, it is unbelievable stuff. But what, what is also amazing about her is I, I had a look back. She's ridden, she has attachments to every single yard in the country, as far as I've seen. In the past two seasons, she's ridden for 132 different trainers. Jeez. That's that is just that's incredible. That's the majority of trainers. <laughs> See, that's, that, that's everyone. Like, you know, the, the workload, she can ride on the flat. Like, it's, it's just, I, just, I just hope she, maybe personally, she has no interest um, in, in, in the spotlight and all that, but um, I just it would be a pity not to, not to recognise what an achievement it is already and uh, possibly what it is likely to become. Oh, absolutely. And, and I, I think and you can only... In terms... You, you can only get excited about then. what there is to come as well because these trainers are not all going to queue up to use her and they're all, the owners are not all going to queue up, queue up to use Rachel Blackmore unless uh, they they want her because of her ability. That's what it's, that's why she's succeeding. She's succeeding based on merit. And just in terms of the overall picture of right, what do we need to happen for Rachel Blackmore to be champion jockey? You know, you look at Ruby... And, um, you know, no, nothing more needs to be said about Ruby, but possibly one of the greatest of all time. But at this stage of his career, it's looking like his body is letting him down a little bit. Yeah. And, and I don't say that lightly. You know, he, he seems to be getting injured a little bit more easily. And while, you know, history has shown that, you know, him and the likes of McCoy and what have you, they, they kind of have this superhuman um, mental attitude to, you know, dealing with injuries. Um, ultimately, there there comes a point where the body just just can't keep up with that, yeah. and um, he does he has been out an awful lot in the last year, and um, yeah, just it just wouldn't be a shock to me um, if if the end of the road isn't a million miles away for Ruby. Um, it just wouldn't be a shock to me, as much as he wants to continue, and I've no doubt he wants to continue, and there, there's nothing wrong with his bottle or anything like that, but. Um, if if he's getting injured, um, you know, every time he falls, and that's an exaggeration, obviously, but you know what I mean. It, it's going to make it very difficult for him to to carry on any sort of momentum. Well, he's broken pretty much every bone in his body, and Norman Williamson retired because he was told one more fall and you won't walk again. So, like, eventually, there comes a point where you just have to draw a line under it, but. If I, mean, I don't, I don't really think Ruby will be in the running for champion jockey anyway, because I think he'll be selective and will be minding himself for the big days. I think that's if you're going to get through this and have the Grade One successes, then that's what you have to do. So then, does Paul Townend come into the mix? Does is Davy Russell hungry enough to want to go and get another championship? Like it can happen for Rachel with the strength and the ammunition that she's been given, and that she'll be continue to be given if she stays sound every reason to think that yeah. she, if she doesn't do it this year she could definitely do it next year and the thing was well you know, with Gigginstown not having uh, a retained rider as such good point you good know point. that 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 allows for a bigger spread as well and, and Rachel seems to be very much on the team yeah there you know she, she's in that mix you know I think that they're taking a view and I think it's 100% the right decision they're taking the view that they're that it's kind of whatever rider best suits the horse yeah um, and that's how they're going to deal with their rides. But she seems to be very much in the mix there. And we know at Gigginstown, they will run multiple horses in big races. So she, she'll be getting on plenty of good horses. That's actually interesting what you say there, Kevin, about the, the matching of maybe horses to, to jockeys' riding style. 
I suppose we have seen that job is a very difficult job. Like it nearly can be too big for one person. The pressure is just absolutely immense. Um, and but but they also like Eddie O'Leary commented this was in the racing post there. I'm going to say end of August. Like he just felt there that you know that Rachel Blackmore suited their horses very well. Like she, she's very positive. They do like to ride the horses um, quite far, quite forward and stuff like that. And as you're saying, like. Gigginstown spreading the wealth around there probably caps the number of winners say Davy Russell can have or Jack Kennedy can have because you know they're, they're getting maybe they're on a five to four shot in one race but then they're on a twelve to one shot um, in in the next race rather than where there may be another six to four shot to be on um, yeah in the same colours. Well, what's the betting, Tony? Yeah, just having on, a on the jockey the championship. Having in front of me here, Ruby's five to four, Davy Russell six to four, Paul Townend eleven to four, and Rachel Blackmore ten, Jack Kennedy twelve, Tory Three's bar. My first reaction to that would be that Ruby is way too short. Way but, um, too yeah, short. Exactly, yeah. Whatever. Ooh, that, 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 I know these these bets, these markets you probably can't get much of a chunk on, but that would appeal as just because of that Ruby being that price, it would appeal as a market to, to try and have an opinion on. Yeah. Your only danger is Davy. Is if is if Davy really goes well, out? Look, of yeah, but the win. thing is, the thing is, you know, betting on a jockey championship is very different to betting on a trainers championship because ultimately, if if your if your jockey gets hurt, you're in big trouble. You know, yeah. whereas with a trainer, you're much less vulnerable to to odd things happening, um, because there's obviously a big team of horses, a big team of players, if you will, on your team. Uh, whereas with a jockey, you're you're a one man band. Yeah. Which is why so many people panicked when they backed Willie Mullins for champion trainer and then all of a sudden the uh, Gigginstown horses were gone only for him to retain the title. Um, let's move on to the Gold Cup because we were talking about uh, Davy Russell presenting Percy. So if Sam Crow's not going to go, he then will be the most exciting second season um, second season chasing novice anyway to be to be going this route. Sam Crow obviously would have been going for a, a JLT or an RSA uh, but we still have the small matter of Native River, who would imagine will have a similar campaign, might bite. Footpad is in the betting, but surely he's a champion yeah. chaser. Surely. Sizing John's on the comeback trail. Bells Hill is what Bells Hill is. And then there's Dovan. So I'll, I'll lead with you, Tony Keenan. How much money should we be shoveling on Davy Russell and presenting Percy? Um, oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about that. Uh, early signs, I suppose, are that the novices may not be too bad. Snow Falcon um, and Satornis were sort of clear in that Kerry National, uh, whatever. But Snow Falcon were well handicapped. I definitely wouldn't have thought Satornis was well handicapped going into that race. So that, that's a positive that they um, obviously presenting Percy was, was miles clear of those two last year. So that's a, that's a positive anyway. Uh, we know he's very effective with Cheltenham and all that type of stuff. Um, Native River, I got him completely wrong in the Gold Cup last year. Yeah, me too. He, he, he's, he's going to be like, he's still a relatively fresh horse because he only had the two runs last year. Mm. He hasn't an awful lot of mileage on the clock. Um, hard for something like Sage and John maybe to come back into it having having been injured, missed a chunk of time. I know Kevin had a good piece up there. Not those good horses, but Bells Hill, like basically Enton, but Cheltenham or Leopardstown seems to. Seems to suit him. The the one horse I, I would throw into the mix. Um, uh, I, I'm a bit of an album photo fan. Sorry, there's another horse as well. Album photo. I, who is a, a really a poor jumper on what we've seen of offences so far. Like that, that he hasn't put in a clean round in his in his six chase starts. Well, he nearly but, killed uh, Ruby at Cheltenham. Jeez. 
Yeah, and I just at Limerick he fell, and yeah. you know he could he could he could easily have won the race. Manly won at Leperstown if, he, if he'd have jumped a bit better. He, he's poor now in the jump in the partner, but you just think maybe there will be a day. Like I'm not saying that Cheltenham Gold Cup or anything like that. Probably more likely to be Leperstown on a, on a bit of soft ground, maybe one of those races. Um, but a horse there that you know, I wonder might he be he, he be Gold Cup intended. He doesn't look maybe at the minute. Maybe, but, Balco de Flow there was a horse that, you know, I thought maybe didn't get the credit for the Ryanair that, that he should have gotten. You know, towards the Cheltenham is probably the damn squib of the week. Um, and there was only, what, five or six runners in it. And But, geez, he, it was a good performance on the clock. And um, he was very visually impressive. And stride on the soul. Maybe on the soul doesn't fully stay in that trip. Maybe he does. But that wouldn't have been Balco de Flow's ground. That, 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 I think that's a big thing with him. That was the worry going, in, going into the race. He was a lot shorter maybe a couple of weeks before when they thought it was going to be spring ground. Um, wouldn't be surprised if he steps up and trip. Like he was well able to, to get the three miles Christmas last year. Um, very effective at Cheltenham. Still a relatively young horse. So he'd be one I'd throw into the mix at a, a bit of a price. Well, and just, just to give you some little, a couple of lines and two of those, Tony, with, with album photo. Um, <clears throat> when I was talking to Willie about his trip, um, he he made a comment along the lines of, you know, I think he's a, he's a staying chaser, and I I kind of pressed him and said, oh, you know, would you be would you be adamant that he's a stayer rather than more of a mid range chaser? Because obviously, you know, he's got good form over mid range trips last season, and he was like, um, yeah, 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 but you know, I, to be honest, I'd be very surprised if he wasn't a real stayer, um, which would give anyone encouragement that was fancying fancying him for something like a Gold Cup. Uh, and with Balco de Flow, um, much the same thing again. You know, Henry said what he said about him, and I said, "Well, look, I know you don't like looking too far ahead, but looking looking ahead to Cheltenham, I'd imagine you'd be thinking Ryanair." And he said, "Well, you know, no, not necessarily. You, you never know. You know, we'll play it by ear. Um, you know, we'll see what happens this season. And, he, and he's going to start him off in the JN wine, so it wouldn't be a million to one that he turns up in the Gold Cup, I'd imagine. And you know, he made the point that." You know the ground at Cheltenham on the Thursday. They they probably just got the best of it. It wasn't great, but they probably just got the best of it. And if he'd run on the you know the Wednesday or the Friday, he would have had no chance in his mind. Um, and and chewed up soft ground. Um, and he thought he just probably just got lucky with, with the with the the getting the best of the what was bad ground there. Mm. God, it was bad ground when we walked the cross country track. God, that was woke. Yeah, and, and, and something else to bear in mind with Balco de Flow is that he did what he did last spring, you know, having been on the go for a long time. Yeah. You know, Galway played winner. He'd been in the, in the mixer for a long time, whereas now he's had a good break and he'll be trained towards the spring festivals rather than the spring festivals being some, something of a, not quite an afterthought, but you know what I mean? He was having to scramble and try and freshen them up mid-season last time round, whereas this time he'll be able to gra- give him a gradual build and, and peak in the spring. Tony, I know you have the prices in front of you, so don't say anything. Kevin, what price would you make him for the Gold Cup? Um, Balco? Yeah. Oh, I'd imagine he'd be a wild price. Why? It's hurt the trees, 50s. He's 12 to 1 with one major firm. Classic Kennedy. He's 25 to 1 with a number of others, and he's 40 to 1 with one. There we go. He's, he's 40 to 1. <laughs> with one firm. One. 12 to 1. 12 to <laughs> 1 with a major firm who are also they're going. not a major firm. <laughs> they're, it's, I'll say it. It's Pet Victor. Pet Victor. Ah, stop Pet Victor going 12 to yourself. 1. And you know what else they're doing? Each way, fifth of the odds. 
Oh, here. The forties is with Bet three six five. That's 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 kind of typical, though, isn't it? Well, Bet three six five are going. A, are going. That's a thing that hasn't that hasn't been really covered, actually. Yeah, um, we're, we're gonna we're gonna highlight it, that. It, it, we're gonna I highlight. know it's just it's just, it's just something that the, the Cheltenham anti post markets that there has been a little bit of an erosion of terms there in the mm. in the the graded races. I suppose all graded races should be a fifth. Um, but there was always that bit of a concession there, maybe up to three or four years ago, where the quarter would have been available. But that does seem to have fallen by the wayside. Yeah, bet three six five are a quarter of the odds. Three places at forty to one, but I'm sure that forty. And they're the biggest price as well. Yes, biggest price, and I'm assuming that forty to one will be long gone by the time this podcast goes up. Um, speaking of eroding of terms, dearie me, that's been going on a bit. Um, big story last week. Um, so who's your selection for the Gold Cup at this stage, Tony Keenan? Oh, God, I don't have a selection. Will you get away from me? <laughs> Tony, we asked you for a selection. Yes, Tony. I put the question to you once, Tony. I'll put the question to you again. Give me a selection for the Gold Cup. Sure, sure the ball's going to flow there, so why not? Yeah. There we go. Get the, get Straight the 40s. Straight into the lucky 69. Straight into the lucky 63 for Cheltenham. Um, also, Tony, just to go back on something you said earlier on, your selection for the champion hurdle? Oh, sure. So we row in with Sam Crow there if we think he's going that way. So again, don't back any of these horses at this time. <laughs> Obviously, Kennedy Kennedy has gone through about twenty six theoretical betting banks on and post. <laughs> Kevin, did you did you tell him, Kevin? Did you tell him? <laughs> did you buy Did you buy fund <laughs> bank mark sixty seven? <laughs> Uh, so presenting Percy would be would be my selection at this stage. That original selection at six to one, but Balco de Flow is a fascinating one at forties. Uh, Kev, for you, Champion Hurdle and Gold Cup as things stand. Um, oh, just purely looking at prices um, and what looks overpriced in the Gold Cup, I'd probably say Sizing John. Um, you know, he, he's twenty to one odd. I think that that's just overpriced. I suspect um, Champion Hurdle wise, it'll be Lorena. Um, I think on our on our review podcast after Cheltenham last year, I said she should be back at twenties if you're inclined towards yes, the, a, a year in advance bet. You did, um, and I am. You, you need to be a certain sort of um, certain sort of lunatic to to enjoy that sort of bet. I, I think, am but. exactly that kind of lunatic, but I did not take your advice, so I'm. Uh, uh, well, there we go. Feeling a bit silly, but. Now. It, but in the gold cup, it'll be sizing John at the prices. But I, I'm just a huge Percy fan. Yeah. Um. I, I I'm mad about presenting Percy. Um. He he confused me a bit last year, and they did some funny things with him, but it worked out. And um. And what he did in the RSA, I thought was just brilliant. Well, if they, jumped, if traveled they... in in front half a year too soon, pricking his ears all the way up the straight, bone idle, um, and beat. Smashed up a good horse in Manali. Um, we know he stays. You know we know he jumps. We know he handles. We now know. You know, having thought that he he had a preference for better ground, we know after last season that he's got no problem with with hot deep ground either. If that if that presents itself to him, and um, he's just a smashing horse. And um, yeah, I can't wait to see him back. Having gone for a Galmoy hurdle in the build-up to an Orsay chase, if they decide to go for a Potemps qualifier, I'll have no problem. Whatever they want to do, they know what they're doing. Work away. Um, when we were reviewing the champion chase for ITV with Mick Fitzgerald, he said that Altior may very well be the best horse he's ever seen. 
I expect this year will be the year he finally loses his champion chase crown. Could he even go for the King George beforehand, Kev? Mm, okay. Um, like, to be honest, I, I would have been an Altior doubter along the way. You know, he's a horse that you could pick at. You could pick at yeah. his form. Yeah, very much so. You could so. say, you, you could pick at, you, you couldn't so much pick at, you couldn't always pick at his style, but you could certainly pick at what he was beating and question whether he'd really done it in, in tip-top company uh, and beat a tip-top horse on their day. Um, but those doubts went away for me in the champion chase last year. I thought that was just a, a fabulous performance. It really was. Um, he beat Min, who I, I thought Min was very much at his best that day. Things went right for him. He came into the race off a good prep. You know, God's own was half a mile back. You know, God's own gets no credit, but he's a solid, solid horse. Um, and just the way he did it was just very impressive to me. Um, Mick said he, he could be the best horse he's ever seen. He could well be right. He could well be right. But the thing is, as brilliant as he was on that day, that's not a guarantee he'll do it again this season. Yeah. Um, and, and the reason I say that is, is not just because he, he's a year older. Um, he's a horse that has had issues. He's had a wind issue. Um, and historically, horses that have wind issues don't tend to la be as durable and as long-lasting as horses that are, that are you know, fundamentally sounder in wind and limb. So that would just, that's my, I've, I've spent half, me, half the poor horse's career picking at him, so that's going to be my, my pick with Altior this season. I just want to see him prove that he retains all his ability, because until he does, um, I will just have that, that smallest of question marks beside him, but... Um, I won't be picking at his his talent and, and his his legacy because he for me what he did in the champion chase last season sealed him as one of the best two milers we've seen um, in probably the last couple of decades, which is a big statement because we've had some smashers. Oh yeah, but big he, time. that 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 particular day he was absolutely brilliant. It was a shame that the Duvan fell when he did because he was going so well and he he would have made it a really fascinating. Um, epic conclusion to the race but uh, I suspect Altior would have come out on top anyway do you think that what Nicky Henderson has been alluding to although I, I don't know how much brandy Nicky has over the summer is there a chance that um, when he says I, you know, I may very well go King George <laughs> may, may it's well. back <laughs> is, is it possible that, that they could go for the King George with him does it stretch him out what it could do um, I'd certainly have no qualms with him going up to two and a half. I think that could arguably suit him a little bit better than two, but three is just going into the realms of the unknown. As a racing fan, would absolutely love to see it. It would be fascinating. Um, oh God, I'd, I'd love to see it, but we'll wait and see. We we know Nicky, history has taught us that Nicky tends to take the conservative approach. And while he might mention King George's after a few brandies, I'd say when it comes down to decision time, um, I, I think, and it's no disrespect, but I think he, he's more so inclined to to do the conservative thing. Well, to be fair to him, that Cheltenham preview I did it for him uh, with him at Sandown. He he was telling that great anecdote about how um, he got the phone call from um, the racing manager for Isaac Sweden, Simon Manier, saying, "Yeah, I want to send Bristol to I for the for the stairs hurdle." He's like, what? Yeah, yeah, we're going to go over the stairs hurdle. I'm like, I have no eclipse. So I schooled the other hurdles this morning. He rings me today. He says, actually, we're going to go back and we're going to go over the, for the right air. So I won't make up your mind, man. I mean, what am I supposed to do? Uh, so we'll, we'll have to <laughs> see what the owners want to do as well. There is the small matter of might bite. You fucking 
thing I might buy. Spoiling the party. Um, I love Footpad, Tony Keenan, and would love to see him clash with Altior, but he's definitely the one who has to come up to Altior's level. Can he do that this season? Uh, he does have to come up, I suppose, to agree. I, I, I'd be a person who believes in the time figures. I don't think he's that much to come up to him in terms of those. I love Altior. He's a hell of a horse. Yeah. Um, would have hated him in the Cheltenham last year. Just I thought the preparation was horrible and, and any of the the minor setback on, on the Monday or, or whatever. Like, I would agree with Kevin. I thought he beat peak Min. I thought Min was, would have been, just the way he went through the race and the preparation he'd had, wheels come off Min a little bit after it. He went two and a half at the entry and that. But I think when he beat him at Cheltenham, no, they beat him seven lengths. Uh, he certainly didn't look like he was going to beat him seven lengths at the second last. Just Altior's finishing kick is, is very impressive, which would give the, the, the hope for going up and trip. Um Foot pad, yeah, yeah, sure. Look at a lot of water under the bridge between then and now. But when you look at this race, the, the lack of depth in it, I suppose, is what really stands out. Um, it would be hard to see Duvan or Min really come back and not at win, this win a race. Yeah, no, not at this trip, just with the time has passed and so on. I suppose uh, Great Field is the, is the, is the potential fly in the ointment. Sorry, who? There. But, the, the J.P. McManus horse. Who? Bez. Yeah, Bez. <laughs> what do you call him? Bez. Bez. Yeah, happy Mondays. Happy Mondays, mate. <laughs> He's doing a dance. Disco biscuits. Yay! Why, <laughs> aye, man. Like, I'm, not, I'm lost here anyway. Uh, I'd, say you're not, I'd say you're not the only one, Tony. <laughs> he loves yeah, a I bit of me uh, on a Monday morning. Oh, yes. Yeah, Disco clubbing. Yeah, uh, I've I, at one stage last season, we characterised Great Field as being the type of character that goes out and ploughs into the, the, the disco biscuits of a weekend, and he's yep. a bit of a lunatic. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He's in coppers doing what he shouldn't be doing. He's in Reardon's getting involved in all sorts. You have a great crack yeah, on, though. <laughs> Literally. Still, um, Willie has never won a championship or, or a gold cup. No. Um, it's fairly mental now, I suppose. Footpad, Duvan luckily, he was obviously absolutely certainly to do that. Um, Footpad could finish up maybe. I don't know. It, it just it, the race would look would look particularly tin. You'd be hoping maybe something. If, if look at if it was Footpad versus Altior, um morning middle Wednesday at the festival next year, you'd be saying magnificent. But um, just wondering, is there something from left field going to come into it? Oh, great field come into it even. <laughs> Hey, there we go. <laughs> but um, Tish, uh, I just don't really see what it is. That's the problem. I can't really come ah, up with. Stop. We don't. We don't need any left fielders. We've got footpads. Yeah, he does it. He just wins this, it, Kevin. This is he? like this sim- is the horse. simply. This is simply one of the most impressive novice chasers of the modern era, is it not? Good man. Well said. He he's he, he put an unbelievable campaign last year. Yeah. And I know you, you can say that the race was obviously set up for him a little bit in the Arkle, but he would have won anyway. And he had to overcome a fairly calamitous error, the only Ooh, the only mistake he made all season. Um, he's just a fabulous horse, fabulous jumper of a fence. And when you have one that was as good as him over hurdles, you know, finished, what was it, fourth in the champion hurdle, and jumps the fence as well as any champion chaser as a novice. You know, his jumping uh, was sublime. And if he'd run in the champion chase last year, he would have been the one pushing Altior. He would have he would have beaten Peak Min. I'd be pretty adamant of that. Yeah. Um, how much he could have pushed Altior on the day, who knows? But he, he's that good. I hope they don't go up and trip with him. 
Um, I'm sure he can. He could certainly go two and a half. He could maybe go three. Talk of a gold cup. He did he though? I don't know if he really did. Well, they ran. They went Um, for it, didn't they? It doesn't necessarily mean that he actually got the trip. he ran over three miles. They rode him to get the trip, and he ran okay. I, I wouldn't. I don't think yeah. he saved myself. And to be honest, talk of, of a Cheltenham Gold Cup with foot pad would bring me out in the cold sweat. Yeah, and I wouldn't. Would, wouldn't like that idea one bit. Um, and the the only problem you're going to run into here is Willie's firepower at two miles and, and what he'll give. Um, I, I don't think Simon Manier and uh, and, I, and Isaac Swade are as bendable uh, as some of the other owners in the yard. No way. And. Uh, and they they, I, they have they have they have so royal as well so royal who's very much a two miler. So that could be a factor. come off the stage. Oh, a footpad. Oh, the horse of so royal, but it could be a factor. Not I think footpad. Footpad has to dictate where all these other horses yeah. are going. Really, you know. Sure. If, he, if, he, yeah. if, he, if he's right, he's sending them the other way. You know. Yeah, footpad. Uh, and, and but the other thing is, one thing I wouldn't do is I wouldn't underestimate Dovan coming back. Or Duvan, uh, as I'm, I'm told he should be called, um, because I know, like Tony says, there's been water under the bridge. He's only had a couple of runs in the last few years, but well, he's good at patching up these horses and getting them back. And he showed enough at Punchestown last season to suggest that most of the ability is there. Mm. Um, terrible preparation, all that things. You know, he was ruled out at one stage, came back, fell at Cheltenham. You know, you couldn't get a much worse preparation for Punchestown. And he's run a very good race to finish second to under so who, you know, I believe isn't Monster. far off unbeatable over two miles on soft ground, yeah. especially when you effectively ignore him in front. He's an um, absolute monster of a horse. I thought that was a very good performance from Dovan and would give me great encouragement that he could come back um, to what he was. And, you know, some I'm sure someone, probably more than some, will, will be shouting at their podcast, but, 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 Kevin, you spent years slagging Dovan that he never beat anything. Um, and that is true. You know, for me, Dovan, uh, going into his, his first champion chase was in the same position Altior was last year in that you could pick at him. You could say he never beat a top-class rival on, on their day. Um, and those doubts remain to an extent, but the difference is he, he's a, you know, he's a 20 to one shot for the champion chase. Now, sorry, a 14 to one shot for the champion chase rather than being, you know, a short price fav. So you can start to be a little bit, you can give them a little bit of benefit of the doubt with these things. Mm. Um, and I, I just wouldn't underestimate him. You know, the injury he had wasn't a, a terrible one. You know, he, he'd, a, he'd a stress fracture of a pelvis. You know, the prognosis for that is always really good. You know, so I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be throwing him out the door now. At the minute, all right, it and, is... and, and 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 just and again, just to throw one more great field, riddled with talent, could be anything. You know, you'd be brave laying him at twenty-five to one for a champion chase because all it will take for him is to make a, a spectacular comeback, uh, which he would be very capable of doing. And all of a sudden, he's right in the mix with with the other horses we talked about. Well, he's a bit like his human counterpart. If he stopped trying to pretend that he's into politics and knows what to say when he goes on Newsnight and actually focused on dancing, he could win Strictly Come Dancing. He could definitely do that, but he's just a little bit too distracted in normal life. Um, in terms of Duvan, do you not think that this would be the year that stretch him out, go for a King George, and then go for a Gold Cup? Why would you do it? You'd do it for the sake of doing it. He always, to me, he's always looked like a two-miler. Every step of his life, he's looked like a two-miler. 
you're if you're doing it, you're only doing it to get out of the way of something else. And I, I just don't. That's not the way I would approach any of these questions. You, you analyze the horse. You do what's best for the horse. And if that means running three or four of your best horses in the champion chase, so be it. Because it, it annoys me a bit because we, we've seen a bit on the so. On the so should have won a champion chase by now. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, last year it was a real pity that he didn't get a chance to run in the champion chase on soft ground. A real pity. And that's ultimately a, a product of trying to shift horses around, you know, to get out of each other's way. Um, and I know it wasn't as big an issue last season as it has been in other seasons, but Underso was just one that pricked me. Because you, you look at that horse's record over two miles on soft ground, it is impeccable. It is impeccable. And yet he's been consistently stretched out to trips that I don't think, you know, he's clearly, you know, he can win a Ryanair. He can win grade ones over longer trips. But if you want the very, very best on the soul, two miles, soft ground, go and catch him. Good luck to you. Okay. No point in talking about the uh, champion chase bottler, not good enough gold cup chase. We'll just leave it where it is. Um, Faheen surprised everybody when he bounced back at Punchestown. Is he a genuine stairs hurdle contender this season, or does that title remain with Penhill and Super Sunday, who chased him home? Um, Tony, lead us off here. Stairs hurdle, where are you thinking? Yeah, it, it, it would be the, the race of the, of the four, I suppose, people that would be, would be least enthused about it at this mm-hmm. stage. Uh, Faheen is it would be a massive ask at his age to, to, to come back in that. And I suppose that's a little thing with, with, with Duvan. We, we do, these horses nearly become more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They, they get more love for, for coming back off a bit of adversity than, than necessarily stacking up a string of ones mm. and send off odds on every day. Like, I think I'd say the raw Fahim got in punches town last year when he won that stairs hurdle. He, there was never a row like it that he got, you know, the, the days he was winning at, at, at one to two and so on. Yeah, and that, if, if uh, when Duvan comes back and maybe wins a race where he's not the favourite or he, he, he beats one of these, it, it'll be similar sort of thing. But yeah, like, like Fahin obviously has had his problems. Penn Hill seems to be a little bit difficult to train. Super Sunday, um, does he really stay at three miles? That was a very slowly run um, stay at hurdle last year, and he still didn't really seem to stay it. Um, Apple's Jade, she's up in the air at the minute, obviously, with how she sort of finished her spring out and so on. Identity came back to form at entry, but didn't really particularly back it up at Punchestown. No, a very, very um, difficult race to solve. And there's always something, you know, that is, is complete, or often something that comes out of you know, it's a strange spot to to be very well fancied for this. You know the um, the oh, what's the Sam Spinner last year? Like he, I'm sure he wasn't registering for anyone going into the season. So he started or off was he registering at the finish either? But um, tish. No, no. Well, he he ran okay. He ran okay. You know, it wouldn't be totally harsh on him. I would be. I'd have a right pop at him. Uh, not that I had any money on him. And he's 30. He's 33 to 1 for it now, so he can forget him. Um, Kevin, your take on these stairs? Um, yeah, I'd have a few opinions here. Um, Penn Hill will likely, you know, he could well go there fresh again. You know, I think Willie has perhaps gone into Quivega mode with him now in that it's worked once. He is genuinely, from what I'm told, a very fragile and difficult horse to train. And it worked once, so I suspect he'll try it again. Um, but that was a weird stairs hurdle. Yeah. They went slow. It was an odd race. And, 
you know, it's the sort of race that he could well prove to be the best horse in it, but that type of form, I think you got to take it on every time. Especially when, when you know, he's stuck in his fav. He, you know, the, the race in Punchestown was odd in a different way. They, they let Faheen off and he didn't come back. Um, but, yeah, I, I'd be windy enough on Penn Hill. He's going ha- to be tricky to prepare. Wouldn't be a shock if he gets a setback along the way. And I just don't know about his form in general. You know, I know you, you could point to his Albert Bartlett and say that was, a, that was a good renewal of the Albert Bartlett. And that's, you know, not unreasonable, but... I just don't know about Penn Hill and Faheen, uh Sure, look, like Tony says, when they come, when these horses start coming back from adversity, it, it, to pull at the old heartstrings and what he did in Punchestown was fabulous. We all thought he was gone. I think it's fair to say, mm-hmm. um, certainly at the very highest level. Um, you'd love to see him do it again. Um, I know that he had this this growth removed from his groin that was the size of. Uh, more like a fist than a tennis ball, I suppose what, what size your fist is, but a bigger than a tennis ball. Um, that you know, we don't know if it was affecting him, but it certainly wasn't helping him, and they had to remove that. Um, I think you know, while we spoke about it last season, they made a change with him last year, they kind of kept him going all summer with a view to just not letting him get heavy and, and try to do their best to keep him sound. They weren't able to do that because he had a bit of a rehab from the operation. They got him back in as quick as they could, but Willie was saying for the At The Race of Stable Tour that he, he he's heavier than he'd like him, really, and he might take a few runs to come to himself. So just bear that in mind, that what we see from Faheen the first day, might he, he should be capable of better. Um, but look, I suppose you have to look at reality, and um, you know I've done the old stats on this. He'll be an 11-year-old. If he goes for the stairs hurdle, he'll be the first 11-year-old to win it since 19... Dickity do. Uh, hey, well, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Um, 1986. Hey, no, 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 no. The, the, the Simpsons jokes are fine. Why are you stealing Norville's content? What, just because he's <laughs> just because he's still in rehab? Just because the man still got some difficulties and some troubles, and that and that he was found raiding his mother's uh, prescription medicine cabinet the other day? Like that, that, that's not fair. You can't just. Yeah, just come in onto the podcast with all of his notes and steal them and put them up for yourself. Carlos, kick a man when he's down, lads. It's the best time to do it. Poor old fella. <laughs> um, so 1986 for the Ostairs hurdle and for the RSA chase, which is seemingly being considered. Yeah, that, this is absolute... No, no, no. no surely this it's not bananas. that. Surely this is Patrick just having a word with Rich. Probably in the Lord Bagnall saying, the four miles there. Come on, Nick. Like we can imagine, win the four mile. Imagine he went novice chasing. Imagine if he goes novice chasing, uh, it's the four miler and it's Patrick's on it. Because it'd be it's absolutely cr- bananas hey, if he goes to the Don't get me wrong; it'd be some crack if he did, but it would be a mad old decision. And, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how trustworthy Wikipedia is going back this far, but apparently the last eleven-year-old winner of the RSA was was nineteen forty-six. But but don't quote me on that. Oh, now the challenge has been uh, laid down to Rich Ritchie. He can be in the parade I'm good, ring. I'm good. I'm going to say that was a weak year with all the horses away at war for the previous year. <laughs> the ranks were thinned. Yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can just imagine Rich now in the winner's enclosure uh, with Lydia saying, You know, I saw the stat. First time since 1946 a horse has done <laughs> this. He's a history maker, baby. A history maker. Champion oh, of he can't be touched. Or a St. Um, Chase. Yeah, he'll do it par- at 12, par- too. 
park that impression. That's terrible. <laughs> um, Good question, Kevin. Yeah, Good that, question. That, that would, that, it'd be it'd be bananas decision if they made it, but it would be fun. It would be fun uh, from a spectator's point of view. It would be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Um, but we'll wait and see. So the stairs hurdle for me is is all a bit up in the air. Uh, despite your your dismissiveness, Kenners, and I, 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 I lad, I'd be with Tony. I wouldn't have Super Sunday over this trip. Um, he needs to go shorter. Mm. Um, for all Kennedy's dismissiveness, uh, Sam Spinner um, got a dog's dinner of a ride in the in the race last year, and I'd give. And I don't want to knock Joe Colliver too much. I don't. It, or so you know it did on the, it, I suppose it, it was a it was a slightly unusual one is uh, uh, he probably the one thing he didn't want to do was to go too hard exactly um, yeah you overcompensated the other way yeah yeah and, they, and he was let, he, he went out and went as slow as they let him and they let him go very slow and that just didn't play to his strengths um and, and Aintree look he, he probably wasn't at his best at, best at Aintree so I give him another chance to bounce back um, and look, he's a, he's a wild price in a windy race. So if you did want to have a, a few shekels on something um, at this at this stage, um, he wouldn't be a, a bad option. I don't think I could see him winning Dear one of those. God. Well, look, think about what's going to be in the grade ones. He in, wouldn't the, be the, a right, bad on, Kennedy. option. Kennedy, look at that. Just tells you how right? absolutely do you, do you, do you, rubbish have, the stairs hurdle is, really, doesn't it? Do you have the market, <laughs> I don't even do you have want the market in front of you there. Yeah, I do. Yeah, you have. The, Look at it, right? Where are they all trained? Faheen, Penhill, Super Sunday, Apple's Jade, all, uh, Identity Team. country as well. The, this the, will crack. The, the grade ones, the grade one staying in hurdles in England, they're going to be absolute muck. Yeah, and terrible. Don't tell me he can't go and win one or two and put himself right back in the mix. Yeah, yeah. Still wouldn't back him. Anyway, um, the the most. <laughs> talked about race obviously is going to be one of the big features which um i decided to wait until towards the end uh and we've got a horse here who is banker material so it's straight over to the head of his fan club kevin blake how far does tiger roll win the cross-country chase 2019 by <laughs> um yeah it'll be great to see him back i think he'll go down this route again um, with a view to getting back to the entry national, but I, I feel I have a feeling from just listening to Gordon that I'd say his, his big day, his derby day, will be the cross country at Cheltenham because I think in, in their own minds they're they're a little bit resigned to the fact that it, it would just be from a handicapping perspective it would be very difficult for him to win another entry national, whereas the cross country chase could be very much winnable um, for five not just this one. year but for for a couple of years. So. He's five to one, lads, and there's no cause of causes around. He's down in Martinstown enjoying his retirement, and well deserved as well. A legend of a horse, five to one Tiger Roll. This is the this is truly the Dubai Fund. This is the banker leg of every <laughs> patent. Lucky fifteen and lucky oh, sixty three. You do stick him in. He can't get beaten. Somewhere in a stable in County Mead, a, a, a diminutive son of Arthurite just shuddered. Recalling what happened last year when Kennedy went on every single podcast about cause of causes, couldn't get beat. Sure, banker. Sure, he got injured. <laughs> he got injured. He'd have won it. He'd have he'd have bolted up from here to County Kildare. But sure, the poor old horse got injured, and, and that was him done. Um, Is that what you said to your bank manager? <laughs> yeah, he believed it too. Idiot. Um, Don the P- good times are back. They keep giving Kennedy loads. It's like pre-approved credit cards and everything. It's mad. Um, Don Poli. <laughs> What's the latest on him? 
yeah, he's back. He, he's working well. He said he would have run him yesterday, but for the but for the ground uh, being a bit firmer than yeah. I feel, uh, we'll probably start off in the the JNWine.com champion chase. And I, I just get the impression he'll bop away with him in, in Grade Ones. And um, the Aintree National will be in the back of his mind. That's the race I have in my mind for this year. I would be the happiest camper in all of Liverpool if I turn up on the day and Don Poli is running in the Aintree National because that will just be fun. Um, I think that's a race that, that was always likely to suit him. Um, for all that, he is the fastest steeplechaser in all the land. I think his, his laid-back temperament would allow him to carry that, that searing, searing speed over the Grand National trip, and that would be that would be a spectacle. <laughs> I indeed concur with you 100%. I cannot <laughs> wait to see him in a Grand National. Uh, novices that are exciting you as we come towards the end of the show. It's a, it's very <laughs> early. Just, the end of the show when we start on the novices. We need four or five hours for the novices. No, we're just going to get a, a handful of them from oh, Mr. Keenan that, uh, that interests him. So come on, Tony, who is currently on your short list of potential life-changing bets for the festival I, I just I'll talk maybe about a couple of three horses that I had in this article they were like um, one Kevin to be familiar with us and them um, with, from Joseph O'Brien's I loved his attitude last year um, mixed it with some decent horses uh, beat train wreck at Punch's time with train wreck sort of travelled much the best and, and fought away with him um, Good run at Christmas then behind Duke at the tail. That one's getting away from him down in Limerick. Didn't run great in the Supreme, but he was off sort of effectively three months, about two and a half months of a break there. Um, big ask, and I believe he, he, so he was entered at um, Town on Tuesday, taken out on the ground perfectly good reason. We believe the ground was very quick there. I think he'd be an interesting one for novice chases. Um, I also would be a bit of a fan of Pat Fahey's horse done vegan. I thought he was in with some of the better bumper horses of the early part of last season, Rapid Escape, um, holographic better than the form both days, got a bit of trouble the first day and was too keen then in the, in the bunch of 10 races find holographic, won his bumper after that, um, and then decent run over horses behind Palisator and won a second bumper um, at the Punchestown Festival in a race with the plenty of winners in it going into it anyway and he, he won quite well. So he's a decent one for novice order and I suppose he has a bit of experience. And the third one there, um, I suppose, um, Henry de Brom heads Manella in, though he's only had one run on the rules so far um, at Punchtown last year in a, in a bumper. Totally travelled best of all in a race. Very few of these have come out and run, but Martin Brazel had, uh, I think it was the second in that, um, and he won a maiden hurdle in Gaul, quite a competitive maiden hurdle. Uh, Get a Reason was in behind him that day, and the... the Mike's Mullins horse, I can't think of his name, who ran the but who was placed in the chat and but he's gone he hasn't really gone on from that. But Henry would not be a trainer of bumper horses. I think he's only had a handful of winners in the last few years. So those would be three that maybe outside of the, the, the maybe the big two yards that might be interesting if coming out in the next seven, six to eight weeks, hopefully if all is well. Put them in your at the races tracker. Kevin Blake. Right, I'll give you a little tour here as I go down along it. Um, with a view to the Arkell chase, we'll say two mile novices. Um, Mengli Khan is going chasing, and I was I was taken with Gordon's comments. He seemed to be especially pleased with how he's been schooling. He's an absolute giant of a horse, um, very classy. Wasn't a million miles off the best of the the Grade One um, novice herders last season over two miles. 
Um, I'd say fences might steady him on a little bit. He could be, he could be quite free at times. Um, he's interesting. Paloma Blue of Henry the Bromheads. We know Henry's record with, you know, getting his novice hurdlers to step forward when they go chasing. And he's always, ever since I was talking about Paloma Blue with him when he was a bumper horse, he was talking about him as a chaser. So that that's going to be his job this year. And again, he, he's one that can take a bit of a grip and fences might just steady him down. And one that he's hardly priced up at all for the Arkle, uh, which surprises me because he's going chasing um, almost certainly is Draconian of Willie Mullins's. He'd be one of his less high-profile novice herders from last season because he only really burst onto the scene when winning a grade one at the Punchestown Festival. Um, he looks a classy, pacey horse, and if he can jump fence as well, um, he'd be very interesting, I think. Um, and then as we move on to... What do we move on to next? Novice chasers, quickly, um, stairs, blow by blow. They've put him in at a big price for the four-miler, and I just thought mm. it was interesting that um, Gordon unprompted volunteered uh, the four-miler as what he has in mind for him longer term. Um, he's a horse that's probably better on a, on a bit of better ground. He only really found his feet for Gordon in, in the back end of last season. And if, you know, having an anti-post bet on the four-miler at this stage is your cup of tea, um, he could be a potentially interesting one. Um, and one with, with a not dissimilar profile, but is a classier type of horse, I think, is Cracking Smart. Um, I was very fond of him last year, and we got robbed of a chance to see him um, re-engage with, with Next Destination Cheltenham. That would have been very interesting. Or, or sorry, that, that wouldn't have happened, because Cracking Smart would have went for the Albert Bartlett. And uh, he was very much my fancy for that race. A little setback ruled him out um, all over a chaser in the making, a staying chaser. And I, I just got that little, I got that little vibe off, off Gordon now that he's one that he's very excited about. And he'll be starting off over fences once we get a, a little bit of an ease in the ground. Um, boo, boo, boo. If you wanted a little, a little tinkle in the, the champion bumper, I'm surprised that Mount Leinster um, is the price he is, um, given the, the bullish comments of his connections and the style of his uh, first win. I know it was at Ballon Robe or somewhere. But um, he's confirmed to stay down the bumper route. And um, I know we'll have plenty of nice horses emerge in the next, you know, four months or whatever it is. But um, I'd say he, he, he might still be in the mix now come March. And he's 25 to 1. Um, ba, ba, ba. Da, da, da. Ba, ba, ba. Um, yeah, one that jumped out at me as well. And you're, I'm sure Tony Keenan is absolutely cringing at me mentioning anti post bets for the likes of the four miler and the champion bumper. Go for so it, really yeah. This is what we so, love. So, so, so I'll really send them over the edge here with one for the triumph. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. <laughs> yes, Kevin Blake. Um, you know the way normally the, the bookmakers will latch on to one that they know is going hurdling with a, with a real good flat profile. And put him in, stick him in as fab for the triumph. It hasn't happened this year because Needle Steps is 33 to 1. Um, Gordon has him. He's, he's been, he's had him for a while now and he's been very intensively schooled, I believe. And they're very happy with how he jumps. And he's rated 102 on the flat or something like that. Um, and if he does what it does on the track, what he's been doing at home, I'd imagine he could, you know, soon be the early favourite for the triumph because I suspect he'll be out, by the sounds of it, he'll be out pretty soon. And, um, you know, he could, he could have a race won and go to Fairy House and win that race there. And all of a sudden, he's, he's you know, at the fab for this. So at 30 trees, if you wanted to have a couple of shillings to try and get ahead of the game, um, by all means. 
Um, and the mayor's novice hurdle. I'm a little bit surprised Relegate wasn't shortened up on the back of the the, the ATR stable tour because Willie essentially said this will be her target. And you know, you look at the market for that, and, I know, and I'm sure something will emerge in the meantime. But you look at the market right now, and geez, the horses that are up there at the front end of the market with her, they wouldn't um, they wouldn't see which way she went. Surely, if she takes the hurdling at all. Um, and I, I thought she should be shorter than that, really, even even at this early stage. And one I'd give a mention to that I suspect will end up being targeted at this race and will just fly under some radars just because she doesn't have the, the sexiest set of connections is Getaway Katie May. Um, Good I shout. suppose people people will remember her for winning the, the Mayor's Bumper at Aintree, at Aintree um, under a very aggressive ride from Jamie Codd that got him a, a hefty enough ban for yeah, Excuse me, you say aggressive, I say thank God he did what he did because the amount of money that had gone on her that day <laughs> just get out the shillelagh, Jamie and get the job done, thanks very much Obviously horse welfare is something that we pride ourselves on here at the Final Front Podcast but when the money's down you need every help But luckily, luckily for us, Emmett the whip is not a welfare issue in racing. Exactly, Kevin Blake, it's not. It's an air-cushioned whip. It does nothing. Um, and look, she'd finished the relegate previously at Leopardstown and shaped very well that day. She she was held up. You know, I think she was she was going into that at a big price and I suspect they were just riding her to try and pick up a bit of black type and she made up an awful lot of ground very quickly and she just shaped really well. And while she... she didn't really better that form at Aintree. I don't think that race went all that well for her. And, um, you know, she comes from a point-to-point background, and if she can jump hurdles well, it wouldn't be a surprise if she made her way up along this division um, and was very much a factor in the, the Mayor's Novice uh, come the big day in March. What is the horse that you are most interested <sighs> in for this season? Never mind Cheltenham <sighs> for this season. Oh, um... You know, I'll tell you what, I, I'll make it a division, the two-mile chase division, primarily with footpad. But I just think if those horses are all back and healthy and take each other on in the likes of a Tingle Creek, oh, that, that division could light up the whole sport this year. Altior, footpad, Dovan, great field. I'd love to see on the so kept the two miles. Um, you know, Min will be bopping away in there as well. Petit Mouchois, potentially. Um, it's just a storm and division. I just hope they all stay in one piece and we get to see a few clashes before Cheltenham uh, because that, that would be a division that would really set me alight and especially with Footpad because Footpad... If Footpad doesn't set you alight, get out. Go yeah, follow forget about sport. it. You're no, forget you're about no it. friend of mine. Yeah, exactly. Forget about it. Uh, I will give you a couple of bumper horses because you've all given some very interesting horses for the season. Um, Danny Kerwin. No. <laughs> Hold on. Stay with me. Stay with me. Because I know you want to switch off straight away. But Harry Darren put up, and he'll be back on the show very soon. Friend of the show, Harry Darren put up an Instagram post of uh, Danny Kerwin working the other day. And he was catching, literally catching pigeons on the gallops. So we're going to get a few quid out of Danny Kerwin. By the way, do you know how much he costs, Kevin Blake? No, is the answer to that. First of all, he's by Scorpion. And secondly, Paul Nichols paid £300,000 for him. Did nobody oh, tell him go. he was by Scorpion? You need Scorpion alone. He's a, he's a grand sire. They just need better ground. Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, they just need better ground. Uh, and the other one is uh, Kevin and I were there 
at Cheltenham. Uh, he went to J.P. McManus for £330,000. He remains with Gordon Elliott. He won his point-to-point uh, under a stylish ride from Mr. Jimmy Codd, Andy Dufresne. Leading mm. character from one of my favourite films. £330,000, Gordon Elliott. And given the fact that he's with JP, he could very well be a champion bumper horse. Tony Keenan, the horse that you're most looking forward to seeing this season? Um, it's actually one that Kevin mentioned there, and I didn't fail to mention. Um, Zirconian, I thought he was really good in, in Pontchartown um, last year. He sort of had a, a little bit of an interrupted campaign, ran, missed, sort of was off for a couple of months in January and March, fell or unseated early at Navin. And really eye-catching a fairy house. And I just love the way he travelled in the Pontchartown race. He just looked a real raw two-miler. Um, I hadn't wondered would he be going for a champion hurdle, but uh, look at obviously Mellon and Lorena could go on that route. But yeah, he, he could, as Kevin says, if he could jump fences now, he'd be he'd be very interesting going um, novice chasing. Only five um, and very little mileage on the flop. Very exciting horse. All right, Tony Keenan, thank you very much. Looking forward to having you back on in five months' time. Uh, when we can finally get, <laughs> finally get hold of you we'll, again. We'll get, we'll, get, we'll, we'll get you back on before Brexit, Tony. Uh, oh, well, five, five, five years' time, maybe so. The way they're going that. <laughs> so, I hope you're right. So how are we all going to get to Cheltenham when Brexit takes place in March? Like, if we go, does that mean we're stuck there and we can't get back? Which is nothing wrong with that, well, by so the way. They're going, to, they're going to build the bridge from Belfast to, to Scotland, aren't they? So we'll, we'll, we'll go across that. Line. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Well that's, excellent. well, that's all the problem solved. Well done, Theresa May. Well done. Excellent. Uh, I'm loving life again. That's fantastic. Great to hear. She will just drive over. The A5 will do it in no time for you, Kev. Um, that's it. Uh, if you are more flat-orientated, best bets for the Champions Day meeting at Ascot are to come. By the way, um, while I know you want us to focus on jumps racing an awful lot, a lot of you, uh, there's still Doncaster on at the races to come with the RP Trophy. There is still the small matter of the Breeders' Cup to come as well. And we'll cover all of that for you. We're not just abandoning the flat, but there will be considerably more Jumps podcasts coming your way very, very soon. Tony, great to have you on again. And uh, hopefully we will have you on again very, very soon. It's some time that we can blackmail you on to being on the show. You're very welcome. No problem, lads. Thank you, my uh, friend. Do you, know, do you know what, Tony? Every, every time I post up um, a, a link to the podcast on Facebook, there, there's one particular guy, and I, <laughs> I think I chased down his name while we're talking here. I know but, what you're going to say. He's a big, he's a big fan of yours, Tony. I, I actually, I don't use, I don't use Facebook at all. So this is <laughs> get the Kevin fella pretty, back on. But pretty much every week he says, where's the diesel kid? Yeah. (laughs) Where's the diesel king? There's one. Patter patter de de bot. Uh, I don't know how you, how do you pronounce that? D-E-B-A-T-H. De bot. Patter. Patter loves the diesel kid. I'd go with that pronunciation. There's one person that that tweets the diesel kid. There's another who says, where's the cavern fella? Uh, and somebody else that says, where's the king of Cavan? Uh, by the way, Darth Monty did that brilliant, that brilliant. Oh, oh yes. Oh, that epic Jane Mangan, uh, any given Sunday, Mendelssohn Breeders' Cup Classic speech, which, by the way, if you haven't had your life savings on Mendelssohn at this stage for the Classic, then you're a fool. Um, but, but Darth came back and has done a, a video preview uh, for the National Hunt for the Final Furlough podcast, and it is epic. 
absolutely epic. I watched it yesterday on my way into RTE and was pumped, super pumped for the new season. So um, that takes a lot of effort to do uh, those video ed edits. And Darth, very much appreciated to you. Uh, thank you very, very much. And um, yeah, go check it out. Uh, we'll we'll tweet about it. We'll tweet links to it. But Darth dash Darth underscore Monty. All credit to the lads of the Final Four Long Podcast. The National One Preview is on the way. Well, there you've just had it. That's our first one. Another one to come next week from Tony Keenan. Good luck. Read his column in Betfair on Sundays. And more importantly, read his column for the At The Races jump site. The special jump site is available now. And there's some gold content there. Speaking of gold content, the Stable Tours with the aforementioned trainers that Kevin Blake has mentioned are available and online now. Most of them are exclusives. Check them out. Kevin Blake at theraces.com on the Jumps site. And uh, Kevin, you're back with me in T-minus two minutes as we preview Ascot with Rory Delargy. Good luck. Thanks very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Talk to you again very soon. And the Final Furlong Podcast. God bless. The Final Furlong Podcast is sponsored by Unibet. Sign up now using code ATR-30 to get your welcome offer. BeGambleAware.org. 18 plus. Have you downloaded the free app, The Races app yet? With easy-to-use race cards and form, expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting, it's the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, Visit attheraces.com forward slash app for more details.